Well, hi again, everybody. So good to see you all with us today. Um, just to mention to those online and to those tonight, we're recording this morning's service uh, for you guys tonight, so you're not an afterthought, but the reason for that is there is a 24 Scars worship night in Peter Maritzburg at 5 p.m. I did think of leaving there at 6 and getting back to be with you guys tonight to preach the message, uh, but my wife says, you've been preaching a series about the unrushed life, why do you want to do that to yourself? So... Um, so for those joining us tonight, uh, you are getting a recording, but trust that you enjoy it uh, just as much as everybody else today. But welcome, everybody. So good to have you here with us today. We are on week three of the series, A Better Way. And I want you to do something with me, and I know that you have been standing for worship, but can everybody stand just for a moment? Those joining us online, you can do it too. I know you're lying down on your couch or watching in or on the bed, um, stand with us now. I want to ask you a question. How many of you are here? How many of you are here? Okay, not just physically here. How many of you are mentally here, engaged in the moment right now? Okay. This is a holy moment. This is the moment where we get together as the church. We got to worship. We get the privilege of hearing, not from me, but from the Word of God, where some people around the world cannot gather because they're not allowed to gather, whether it's a restriction or whether it's because of a country that they live in. But we have the privilege of being here together with family and friends. How many of you are here engaged in the moment right now? Take a moment. We're here. If you have drifted, take a moment. We're here in church. We get to be with God, in the presence of God, with our family and friends. Now, the unfortunate thing is we're here now. Maybe most of you, I got you focused. That's why I got you to stand. But you might not be here for long. You're here physically, but your mind, your attention may go elsewhere. You might get a WhatsApp in a moment when you sit down. You'll probably check your phone as you sit down so you don't sit on it. You might even initiate a WhatsApp, God help you, in a moment. You might just quickly go, wow, what have I missed out on in the moment that Hilton got me to stand and to be in the moment and quickly check your Instagram or a quick notification that popped through on the front. You might even be distracted by the person next to you. Maybe some of you single guys might have looked at the single lady up front that didn't have a, a wedding ring on her praise hand. <laughs> or the cute lady front right, that's my wife. We get distracted all the time. Maybe you're thinking about a payment that you need to make today. Maybe you're thinking about an exam that you have coming up. I know there are a lot of young people here. You may also be stressed about all that you have to do this week. You may be just be thinking about, hmm, what's for lunch again? I'm hungry. <laughs> How many of you are still here? Because while I've been saying that, you've actually been thinking about those things. We're here now, but some of you might not be here in a while. Take a seat. I'm glad you're here. Really, I am. I was thinking about it this week. Um, it's a privilege to be able to gather. I found it a privilege for Jen and I to lead this church. Um, it really is a privilege. And I'm actually surprised that people come here. <laughs> it's, you know what I mean? It's, like, it's just weird. It's like people actually come here, you know, for, for a variety of reasons. But for me, I never, ever take it lightly, the responsibility that I have to stand up here and spend 30 minutes and share a message with you. It terrifies me, actually, sometimes. I'm like, oh, my goodness, you know. 
like, what am I going to say that's going to impact and help these people? And, um, you know, uh, I'm in a series. I don't normally preach four Sundays in a row. Uh, but Colin is on leave last week, and this week he helps a lot with our teaching. Um, so this is week three, if you've missed us or haven't been here, of a series called uh, A Better Way. And I, I quickly just want to look at an unusual text. It was Jesus' first miracle. I alluded to it the last couple of weeks. And he was at a wedding. Someone's trying to, uh, you know, put me off by sending uh, messages to me now. <laughs> Are you still here? <laughs> but it was Jesus' first miracle, and he was at a wedding. And it was pretty embarrassing because they ran out of wine. And that was embarrassing for the father of the bride because he was there uh, and meant to provide. And what Jesus does is just behind the scenes, he goes and he gets a whole bunch of jars. The jars would have looked something like this uh, up on the screen. And there were these big stone jars, and he gets uh, kind of some of the servants to fill it up with water. And then he says, take the jars to the, the master, the master of the banquet. And uh, it's incredible. John 2 verse 8 says this. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. And he did not realize where it had come from. Though the servants who had drawn the water knew, they knew that Jesus was up to something. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests get drunk. Okay, it didn't actually say that. It says after, they just put it nicely in the Bible, after they've had too much wine to drink. But you have saved the best till now. Say now. I actually thought the text normally said you saved the best for last. You know, we often quote that. But interestingly enough, it says, you have saved the best till now. The title of the message today, I know Jin um, wanted me to share it earlier, but it is, your best days are now. I know we often hear the, the term, your best days, are, you're the best is yet to come, and, and I really believe in that. We've got to have some positive mindset for the future, and, you know, your best days are ahead. I, I get all of that. Um, but I'm going to share a message today saying your best days are now. Let me just quickly pray. Father, we thank you that we can be here now in the moment, not only physically present, but hopefully our mind's still present, and that we would catch all that you wanted to say to us today, because so often we can be distracted by everything around us. God, would you speak to us now, we pray, as our hearts are open. Use me, Lord, as your vessel, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So a better way, we're looking at the way that Jesus lived, not only what he spoke, the word of God says Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. We often look at uh, the life of you know, Jesus brings and we look at the truth of his word, but what about the way that he lived? And one of the most striking qualities that whoever interacted with Jesus, you would notice that he was fully present in the moment, okay? He lived with an undivided attention in the moment. And I want to quickly look at two back-to-back -back stories in uh, the Gospel of Luke. Luke was obviously a friend of Jesus. He was a disciple, and, and he shares these two stories. And just to give context, Jesus is uh, walking into uh, Jericho. This is what it would look like, um, uh, Jericho. I've never been there. I'm so excited to get to Israel. We were meant to go last year, and I was just chatting to some friends at the back saying we need to get this Israel trip going again. Uh, we had a whole bunch of people booked for a, a trip to Israel, a tour, and it didn't happen because of COVID. But I hope next year we can do it, and maybe we can add some more people to the trip. But I just find it incredible that Jesus would have potentially walked uh, that exact dusty road. I, I don't know. But doesn't that blow your mind? Like, you know, the walls of Jericho did come down, and they rebuilt them again. 
but incredible. And Jesus was walking into Jericho. Now picture a large crowd of people just surrounding him. They weren't in COVID times. There was no social distancing. And there's this blind beggar named Bartimaeus. And he shouts, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the disciples rebuke this guy. It's like, hey, leave him alone. You know, like sometimes when a, a kid is irritating a parent and you're like, just leave me alone. I'm busy having a conversation. This is what the disciples did to this guy. And this guy was a grown man, but he was shunned. He was an outcast because he had a disability. And he was blind. And he says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Someone told him that who was coming. And Jesus then rebukes the disciples. And he says this in Luke 18, 40. It says, when Jesus heard him, he stopped. Jesus was on a mission. He was on the way to do something, but he stopped and he ordered that the man be brought to him. As the man came near, Jesus asked, what do you want for me you know, to do to you? Do you remember at the beginning of the year, we looked at the Believe series, which is like, uh, duh, Jesus, he's blind. I think he wants you to heal him. But he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Because he wanted to meet him at his expectation level. Sometimes we can pray those like walking stick prayers. Lord, give me a walking stick so I can kind of manage. But he prayed and asked a bold thing. He said, I want to see. And God honored his his prayer and his ask and healed him. But what I love about this moment is that Jesus stopped for a guy that no one had time for. I love that about Jesus. He stopped for someone that no one else had time for. And then the second story, again, if you look over in Luke 19, same thing. It says Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. So you actually wasn't even kind of hanging around there. If you're like me, if we're driving somewhere, I want to get there as quick as possible. When the kids or Jen asks to stop for the toilet, I'm like, seriously? We've like just, can we just, can we just go? They're like, no, I'm like, you know, I'm like, come on, you know, let's just, I'm, I'm, we're doing good time here. Let's just ask oh, this is 100% true. I want to get there in like good time, you know? And Jesus is passing through, and it says here, a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. Now, Jesus was on his way to somewhere else. He's already been interrupted by this poor blind beggar. And I love that Jesus now stops for a rich, corrupt tax collector. Jesus will stop for the poor blind beggar, and he will also stop for the rich, corrupt person. Jesus will stop for anybody. Jesus will stop even for you, which I love. Now, you've probably heard the name of Zacchaeus before, but does anyone know who Zacchaeus was? Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he who climbed up into a sycamore tree to see what he could see. Do you remember that? Anyone from Sunday school days? I thought of singing it, but I thought I better not. I can't even remember the tune properly. Now, you've heard me sing many times. It's totally fine. There's no effects on the vocals now. This is the MC mic. No, I'm kidding. But uh, just for context, this tax collector uh, would have been shunned as well and hated because tax collectors in those days, I'm not saying like all SARS guys, okay? If you work for SARS, you're welcome here today. I'm kidding. They, 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 would, uh, they would sometimes be a little corrupt. I don't know. Maybe SARS are after us now because we're corrupt. But anyway. Um, but those guys in those days, they would not only take what was due to the government institution, but they would actually take for themselves. So they would take what they owed and just add a little bit off the top, on the top, and they would keep it for themselves. And people hated these tax collectors because they literally just could demand whatever they wanted. And he cheated a lot of poor people as well. But what happens is Jesus stops and he calls him by name. This guy who probably was hated by everybody, whenever they saw this tax collector, they literally would have just kind of avoided him. Like some of you guys avoid the tax man, right? 
Okay, no one laughed, no one said anything, everyone was quiet. Okay, what's happening here in our church? Um, but Jesus stops and he calls him by name. There's this incredible interaction. Uh, was there, I think there was a little picture on the screen there um, just to, to help us with a bit of imagery. But he then invites himself over to this guy's house for lunch. Like, I mean, that's quite crazy. I mean, I don't, you know, have you ever invited yourself over to someone's house for lunch? It's, uh, can I come to someone's house for lunch today, by the way? No, it's like kind of like a, it's a bit weird, you know. Now, particularly for this guy, Zacchaeus, who no one would have ever wanted to even go to his house because, like, this was the guy that cheats everybody. And there's this incredible moment, and Zacchaeus, almost just being in the presence of God, taking a moment of God, has this divine moment, and he says, like, I, I'm going to just give half my possessions to the poor. And actual fact, he says, I'm going to give four times what I've stolen from people. And then Jesus looks at him and says this in Luke 19, 9. He says, Jesus responded, salvation has come to your home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. Salvation has come to this home today. There's power in the today. There's power in the moment. Jesus can change the most corrupt heart in a moment, in a day. Jesus gave him his attention and I love that Jesus was always present in the moment. Remember, we're looking at the way that Jesus lived, and we're trying to say, God, how can we adopt that in our own lives? Now, I don't know about you, but I'd like to be more like that. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I, as I said many, many times, when I preach messages like this, it's not that I've got it together at all. I'm trying to get better at this stuff. And that's the idea of coming to church, I suppose. We're wanting the Word of God to challenge us, to change us, to shape us. James says, don't just be do, do, uh, hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. But I'd really like to be more like that. At the moment, I'm reading a, an old book by Dale uh, Carnegie. Anyone read it before? How to Win Friends and Influence People? I don't have any friends, guys, so I'm just uh, trying to get some friends. No, but seriously, there's some incredible truths in that book of how, how to be uh, in the moment, how to just remember people's names, and sometimes I'm not so good at that, um, how to be engaged with people, how to put on a smile. There's just certain manners and I think, if you're listening out today and you're a young person, you need to read that book because I think some of the stuff has been lost in the younger generations. Any older people want to say amen to that? Just how to greet people, how to, how to just be present in the moment as opposed to, I was talking to a young person the other day and I, he was talking to me and then he looked at his phone and I had asked another question and I said, then I asked it again and he, I just got no response. I was like, oh, yeah, buddy. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, what did you say? He's like, just disappeared. How many of you are still here now? Are you still here? Just checking. But I want to be more like that. I want to be in the moment. How many of you did a good job in praying that prayer this week? For those of you who weren't here last week, you are let off. That was the real homework, Edwards. Okay. The, the prayer was this. God, help me. Walk slowly enough to experience Jesus fully and to love people deeply. Some of you probably were so caught up in your week that you forgot to even pray that prayer, right? Can I be honest? I forgot as well one day. How do we be in the moment? How do we live as Jesus lived? And I really want to try and grow in this area and get better at it. You see, it's not just about living in the big moments, the happy moments, the, the mountaintop moments. 
but it's about being fully present in all the moments that we are blessed with. We spoke about it today. Well, Ed prayed about it. Just having breath in our lungs, just being here today. I know Carmen, more than anyone today, is more grateful to be in the moment here today. But every one of us, it doesn't have to be the big things. God doesn't have to save us from a car accident for us to be present in the moment. We should daily be present in the moment. I remember when our kids were young, it was crazy. You can imagine we had uh, three kids in three and a half years. So Chloe was three and a half when our third was born. And I have forgotten a lot of those moments. Maybe God protected my mind, but I don't know what, how we survived or what we did. Or I just remember just on my knees, bathing kids often. I, I found a, a pic uh, the other day. <laughs> this is a friend of mine. We were on a holiday at their house, and we, we, I remember this moment, actually. It was quite a special moment. Um, it is a parental guidance here. I noticed that I chose a pic where you couldn't see anything, right? Because Jude would be very embarrassed if you could see anything. But that's Jude there, and that's my friend Brad. And I remember this day because we, we had been at the shop a little bit earlier, and life was crazy and kids. And, and Brad and I stood in the shop, and he says to me, he says, do you hear that? Now, we're in the middle of this shop, just him and I. And I'm like, what? He says, do you hear that? He goes, It's quiet. <laughs> So I'm like, we're in the middle of a busy shop. He goes, no, there's no kids. It's quiet. And, and it was in the craziness season of our life. And I remember these moments. And how often do we, let's just be honest here. We, we, we wish those moments away. We're like, oh, bedtime, bath time, you know, supper time or whatever it is. And, and we, we wish those moments away. And how often do we complain about moments that we will miss tomorrow? Complaining today about moments you'll miss tomorrow. Are you still here? Some of you are still here. Unfortunately, many of you have already drifted off. Because stats tell us this. There was a Harvard study. This will blow your mind. 47% of the time, your mind isn't where your feet is. Your feet are. Feet is. <laughs> Sorry, I just looked at Lisa sitting in the front row. She's from Benoni, so I just did a, one of those. 47% of the time, your mind has drifted, and it isn't where your feet are. Isn't that crazy? 47% of our lives, our mind is somewhere else. Whether it's when we're driving somewhere, whether we're sitting with somebody having a dinner, whether we're just at home, our minds are in a different space altogether. And our mind often just goes to crazy things. And what's worse is these have added a whole amount of extra distraction in our lives. We spoke about screen time last week. Do you know, and this shocked me, I Googled it and I still don't believe it. You can test me on this. The average cell phone user touches his phone 2,617 times a day. That's a, that's a fact. The top 10% phone touches because some of you are saying, oh, I'm above average, I like to be in the top 10%, touches it more than 5,400 times a day. I, I almost don't believe that. First of all, more than that shocking stat, that's gross. These things are stuff, they're disgusting. I'm like paranoid. I wet wipe this phone all the time. Does anyone else do that? Like, these things are manky. Like sometimes I pick up my kids' phone. I'm like, oh, jeez, man, you just got to wipe. Especially like COVID's made us more like aware of all this stuff. But it's crazy how much time we waste 
on, your phone can actually tell you, the clever ones like iPhones can tell you how many times you pick it up in the day. And on top of that, there's also, uh, I think, two type of mind games that we often play, and sometimes we don't even realize it because we've drifted there. There's the when-then mind game. Do you know what that uh, is? It's like, when I get out of high school, then I'm going to you know, experience life. When I finish varsity, when I get a job, then I'll be happy because I have some money coming in. When I get a real job, because your first job is never your real job. You remember, those are, I used to do paint techniques on homes. I, I mean, I did all sorts of weird things. Um, when I get paid, and then I settle my debt, and I'm going to be happy. When I get married, then I'm going to be happy. And then you realize, no, I'm kidding. You've got to get me happy after getting married. Um, when I get a better house, because I've always wanted this dream house, then I'll be happy. When I have this holiday, then I'll be happy. When I have children, then I'll be happy. When my children are out of nappies, then I'll be happy. When they grow up, I'll be happy. And then when I'm out of nappies, then I'll be happy. <laughs> it's crazy how you start with nappies and it ends with nappies. Eh? <laughs> and we go through life wishing away the current moments. Don't miss what you have now, pursuing what you want later. If it's not the when game, win game, the when then game, how about the what if game? Don't we play that often in our mind? What if I don't pass the exams? What if I don't have enough money for the end of the month? What if this if I lose my job? What what if the economy what if the fuel price goes up again? It's crazy. What is it now? Oh, this is last week, 19 Rand. It's what if level whatever comes back into play? What if they go back to low shooting level four? I mean, guys, this is just, it's horrible for us. We hope that you can still hear online. Are you still here with me, those online, those here tonight? What if I can't afford my bond repayment? What if my kids are a failure? What if, what if, what if? Look what Matthew 6, 34 says. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You see, Jesus didn't tell us to not plan for the future, but what he did tell us was to not worry about the future. It's okay to be thinking ahead and planning, but he says, don't worry. Are you still here? Some of you checked your phone yet? You're doing good. Got about seven minutes left. Please hang with me because I want God to speak to you. Why don't we live in the moment? Why? Do you know why sometimes I think we don't live in the moment, to be honest, especially when it comes to worry in our minds? Is I'm just going to be honest. Sometimes I think we lack faith. We just simply lack faith. You see, the only way to be present in the moment is to surrender a past that you can't change and trust God with a future you can't control. Can I say that again? Surrender the past you can't change and to trust God with a future you can't control. How often does our mind drift back to our past? When we did this or that failure or this or when that happened and we can't change it. And then we think about the future and oh, what about this, what about this, what if, what if, what if, what if. And I just think sometimes it's a lack of faith. I've got to be honest, I have it myself. Think about things that 99% of the things that we think about and worried about don't happen. We can't control the future. And the amazing thing is God's redeemed our past, and he has a good plan for our future, and we have to believe that. 
I love what James said. James was the half-brother of Jesus, so he always has wise words. And he says this in James 4, 13. He says, come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we'll go into such and such town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit there. He's kind of not mocking, but he's kind of saying, you guys have all your grand schemes and things, and this is what we're going to do. He says, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. You're a mist. You know when it's a cold morning, you get out there and you go, and you see the mist for a little moment and it just disappears. You can do it on your phone when you want to clean it. Although that's putting germs on there as well. I don't know what's worse. But it just appears and it disappears. He's trying to give us some eternal perspective here. He says, that's your life. You've been wondering when I was going to come to this, right? Especially if you were the distracted type. When is he going to use that? I wonder what that's for. I wonder what he's going to say there. Makes a noise. You know, the hourglass is a, is a fascinating thing. I don't know if you can get that on the, on the camera. But, okay, this is not a full hourglass. This is about a minute glass, but anyway. Um, the one thing about an hourglass is you've got no idea how much sand is at the top. Well, you know what I mean? In our life, when we're having our perspective, you don't know how much is left at the top. You also can't stop the sand from flowing. It will just keep going. I pause for a second there. You can never get that second back. It's gone. Another thing about an hourglass is once it's at the bottom, you can't get it back. Let's take a moment. Let's see it finish. We just wasted 10 seconds watching an hourglass. But it's to illustrate a point. But I'm hoping today that God turns your life upside down so that you get a second chance here with a change of thinking, a change of mind, and start to understand it actually doesn't affect the time much because you can't get it back. But I'm hoping from a perspective point of view, going forward, you can have some more in every moment in every life. I really feel the presence of God just strongly even right now because this needs to impact some of your lives because you are wishing it away. You're just rushing it away. We only have one moment here on this earth. Let's use it wisely. The Bible says in Psalm 118, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Today is the day. This is the day. Are you still here? tell you what you can't do. You can't be happy where you're not. You can't serve Jesus where you're not. And you can't love people where you're not. You've got to be. Okay, Hello? <laughs> Jesus was just trying to wake us up there. You can't be happy where you're not. You can't serve Jesus where you're not. And you can't love people where you're not. It's not just about the mountaintop moments that are meaningful. But sometimes it's the small little things. The big moments are awesome. But it's the small little things just to be fully present. The small moments matter most. When I started um, preparing for this um, series, I've been reading a lot and just about uh, life and 
Hurry and uh, Craig Rochelle had did a series, and God had really spoke to him. He's a pastor of a church in America where we've got some of the content from, some of the podcasts. And uh, we uh, were due, I say, a sabbatical middle of the year. So it's seven years since we took our extended just time of recovery, rest, plan, prepare for the future. And it didn't seem like it could line up. We'd always spoke about it being at the end of this year and not being able to plan much in COVID and all sorts. We had kind of put it off. And we thought that maybe next year, and then I suddenly realized, I was like, my daughter's in matric next year. And I was like, I don't think we could do it because she just won't have the time for us as a family to, you know, if you, you want to have extended time together. And it also dawned on me that in seven years' time for our next sabbatical, we're very privileged and blessed to be able to have a sabbatical. I know some of us all wish for a sabbatical, but one of the, the blessings that, that a lot of churches uh, offer um, pastors and those who have been in ministry a long time is just some extended time off to really rest for the future and to plan and to prepare and just to have some time because our time is all over the place. So I'm very uh, grateful for that and, and, and thank you for, for that privilege and opportunity. But I realize that in seven years' time, Chloe will be um, 20. 25 years old. Joan will be kind of back end of high school. It's like this will be the last time that we can do it. So we've decided um, from the 20th of 21st of November, we're going to take a sabbatical. I've looked at the rhythms of the church and how it works, and it actually works out that I'll only be away five Sundays. But I hadn't actually at the beginning of this uh, series, we hadn't yet pulled the trigger on that or planned it. But it's almost like God has reconfirmed many of these things. And uh, so we're going to take a time where we're just going to shut off. And I think it's so necessary. Maybe for you, it can be a week or it can be 10 days, two weeks. I don't know. A lot of us prepare for time off coming up. Can I encourage you to really make the most out of that time? Don't rush around craziness. Just, you know, sometimes we can get so caught up even the whole Christmas thing. Take a moment. Be still. Put the phone away for a moment. Read a book, engage with some friends and some family. Don't miss what you have now pursuing what you want later. Sometimes it's spending that extra little time lying with your child in the, in the bed and just having a conversation. Maybe it's an extended coffee chat, whatever it is. And to be fair to all of us today, I know it's so hard. I get it wrong. We all get distracted. So I don't want anyone to feel bad about this, but I really just want to encourage you that it's all you've got. And to come into a close, we've been talking about Jesus and the way that he lived. If there was ever a moment for Jesus to be distracted or self-absorbed, it was on the cross. Think about Jesus on the cross, being whipped, beaten, his insides laid bare because of the whip that would wrap around and pull. He's broken, he's hurting, he's tired, he's hungry, he's in the heat of the day. He's on this cross with nails through his hand, trying to push himself up just to take one more breath because that's how you would die on the cross, suffocation, because you were so weak and you would be crouching over. The pain, the agony he's in, he's beaten scentless. He's barely recognizable. But then there's too many, the side of him that I alluded to last week. Do you remember? Remember Peter and James, they wanted to be the side of Jesus in eternity. But the two that got the privilege of being either side of him, even though they were criminals, got to have a last moment with Jesus. And Jesus, again, shows us, even though it could have been all about him, suffering in the moment, betrayed, 
he takes a moment and the guy next to him says, Jesus, I've done some bad stuff. He says, will you remember me after this day? He says, will you forgive me? Will you remember me? And what does Jesus do in that moment? He turns to him and he says, today you will be with me in paradise. He takes a moment and he forgives him. And he takes a moment to say, today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus was fully present even unto death. See, we can't serve Jesus where we're not. We can't love people where we're not. We can't be happy where we're not. And if your mind isn't with you right now, 47% of the time, how can you be, if it's 47% of the time somewhere else, how can you be a present friend? How can you be a fully engaged spouse or a, a mom or a dad? How can you have a, a marriage where you're not fully present? How can you influence people around you just with your life and your leadership and all the good things that God has placed in us if we're not there? This is the day that the Lord has made. It's today. God saved your best for now. For this moment right here, right now, His grace, His mercy, His forgiveness, His freedom is accessible to us even right now. His purpose is power. In this moment right now, God is with us. Where your feet are right now. Your best days are now. And if you're still with us right now, let's pray. Let's take a moment. God, help me walk slowly enough to experience Jesus fully and to love people deeply. God, thank you for this moment right here, right now. As we can be distracted by cars outside, kids on the playground. On top of that, what's going on in our mind, in our lives, in our families, in our relationships, our businesses. It's crazy. Lord, would you help us be more self-aware by your grace, by your power, by your mercy, to be present in the moments that you give us. Even right here, right now, let us be present in the moment. This is a holy moment right here that you've given us where there can be a perspective change, a shift in thinking, even the trajectory of our life going forward from today, this moment can change and be different. Lord, help us not just have good intentions and yes, we're going to. Lord, from now today, by your Holy Spirit, I pray. And as I pray now, I'm praying by the power of the Holy Spirit that you would fall upon people, that you would adjust people's lives in a crazy way today. In Jesus' name, would you do that? By your Spirit. Because we can't do it on our own. Surrender your life again to God today. Say, Lord, help me be present in the moment. I'm so distracted. Lord, ask you to forgive me for that. Lord, help me a better, be a better father, better mother, better husband, better wife, better employee, better boss. Right now, in this moment. And thank you, God, that your grace is here for us right now. And Lord, today we're saying we're here. We're here with you. By your Spirit, come and bring new life to people. Not more condemnation, not more guilt, not more shame for the past, but new life. 
God's working in your hearts this morning. Don't wish this moment away. Sometimes we still look at the time. Think about, we've got to go. Let God finish His work in your heart today. For those in the evening service, are you still with us? Are you still here? Those online? I really believe the Holy Spirit's working in some people's hearts. His Spirit is just moving, shifting mindsets. Also just offering grace to your situation. Do not feel condemned. Conviction's okay. But God, would you just work in our heart? Some of you are feeling emotional right now, and that's okay. That's just the Spirit of God moving. Some of you are feeling a little bit of a warmth right now on your body. That's the Spirit of God. That's how He moves. He's just falling upon some of you, just resting upon some of you. Let Him just work. We don't give Him the moments. We don't give Him the time. And we wonder why our lives are the way they are. There is a better way, and it's the way that Jesus lived. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for working in people's hearts today. Last moment, if you're here today, are we all in an attitude of prayer? If there's anyone here that does not know God, you're like, maybe you knew him a long time ago, maybe you've never just connected with God, and today something is shifting in your heart, and you're like, I, I would like to ask God to be part of my life. Every service we end like this and we give a moment for you to pray a prayer, simple prayer, just asking God to come into your heart, to forgive you for your past and to be with you for your future. If you would like to pray a prayer like that, maybe you're online as well. I'm not going to be able to see your hand. But if you're here today with us, um, would you mind just popping up your hand if you would like to pray that prayer? It's a prayer of commitment, saying, God, come and live in my life. Is there anyone who want to pray that prayer today? Just pop up your hand so I can see where you are. I think there's someone over there. Thank you. Someone over here. Thank you. That's amazing. Anyone else? If you're online and you got your hand up or evening service tonight, let's just pray this all nice and loud together. Dear Lord Jesus, from today, this moment, I commit my life to you. I want to say I'm here for you. I surrender. Forgive me for my past. Thank you for dying on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. And from today, Lord, I choose you and I want to live for you. Come and live in my heart. Change me and make me into the person that you want me to be. And teach me a better way. In Jesus' name, amen.